0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Spoils of Akron Podcast. My name is Cody Stanley, and my, I am here with my co-hosts...
1: Liz Tyron.
0: and Ryan Dyke. And this is a podcast all about the art, culture, and eccentric residents of the... Rubber, rubber city.
2: city. Of Akron, Ohio. The Rubber City of Akron. That's, that that's one. where the Rubber City it's that's is. That's the same thing, that's everyone. One.
0: Oh, we have such a special episode for
2: you today. We are at... The new and improved Akron Glassworks with Mr. Jack Baker. Give him a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen, right here. Right there. We all are holding mics and we can't (laughs) do a round of applause, or there would be an even bigger one. Mr. Jack Baker, thank you so much for coming on today.
3: Thank you for coming. Make sure you hold
2: that mic up to your... Thank uh, you for coming. There you go, there you go. Um, Liz, you were the one that set this interview up. You were the one that wanted us to come down here and see this beautiful location. So I will let you start with this interview.
1: Sure, happy to. I'm a big fan of Akron Glassworks and of Jack specifically. He's done such great things for the Akron community for literally decades. And his original location, which was over in the North Side neighborhood, um, was wonderful, part of the art walk, um, a, a favorite amongst um, Akronites as far as something very unique to visit and experience. And when I say experience, people can actually go there and do hand hand blown glass themselves they can sign up for workshops and i was lucky enough to be able to do that with um jason and some friends one time and we had so much fun and you take your piece home and you know you save it for yourself or give it as a gift um so thank you jack for bringing your creativity or keeping your creativity here in akron Uh, we'll let you tell your story how is it that akron glassworks came to be
3: akron glassworks came to be a few years ago back in the late 90s Um, a a phenomenal uh, glass artist by the name of Dale Chihuly had a major exhibit at the Akron Art Museum. At that particular time, I believe it was the largest uh, crowd that the Akron Art Museum had ever had for an exhibit. At that point, the uh, art museum was full of glass pieces by Dale Chihuly, and I was just amazed at the color uh, that the glass made throughout the gallery. Shortly thereafter, there was a group of art museum members that took a trip out to the Seattle, Washington area and went to the working residence of Dale Chihuly in Seattle, and I went with them on that tour. and. When we went on the tour, we went to Chihuly's Boathouse. We went uh, to uh, Eddie to Morrison's uh, Gallery, and we saw a number of different glass blowers out in the Seattle area. I was just very taken away with uh, the glass and the experience. The one thing that I really, really liked is when I went to uh, Chihuly's uh, residence where they where they worked and made glass. The thing that I really liked about the glass blowing process out there was that it was a team approach. There were four or five people involved with making the glass. There would be the head lead man, lead person, uh, and this person is called the gaffer. The gaffer is the person that sort of quietly directs all the movements of the other people uh, glass people that are involved, everybody makes their own part and it culminates into a finished piece. So that could take anywhere from 30 minutes to over an hour. The one thing that I really liked about uh, the uh, the experience when I was out there is that they played a phenomenal amount of music and the music was everything from uh, David Bowie to big band era music just high-energy music and as I watched this before I knew it all of a sudden I had tears running down my cheeks I was just so taken away and I can even go back there at this moment you kinda of see it in me um, and it was just a phenomenal experience that that I really really liked And so when we came back home to Akron, uh, I had talked to a couple friends. And there was a nonprofit school in Kent by the name of Steiner Glass School. I went out and visited this school. This was a place where you could take beginning and intermediate glass lessons. And so I took those classes. And then after that, I started blowing glass myself. And so here we are, uh, almost 20 years later, and we've just gone moved into this brand new facility um, moving away from the north side uh, and this facility right here honestly is about as nicest facility that you'll ever see unless it's owned by an institutional or a nonprofit organization. So very proud um, with our location here, very proud of our neighbor next door, Mr. Don Drum Uh, And we really like it here at this point. I guess we're about 90% moved in. All the equipment is working real good. uh, And we have lots of glass experiences here, as Liz was saying. In the beginning of the glass experience, that was started down in the north side area. And we would allow people to come in People of groups of five people at a time, and we would make different projects, everything from, you know, heart paperweights to uh, blown ornaments to um, marbles, which I'm going to make a marble a little bit later on today.
1: We get to see him make a marble?
3: That's awesome. I'm so, so excited. Yes, yes. So, and that really took off, and it took off in a very big way uh, to the point where we couldn't uh, handle any more workshops down there. Uh, with glass blowing. So at that point, uh, that's when I brought Sandy Halata in, who works for me. And uh, Sandy started doing fusing workshops. We bought a big fusing oven. Sa- Sandy is an artist in her own right. And so now, after a number of years, Sandy has built a pretty nice clientele of people that come in and do fusing along with our glass blowing glass experiences. So
2: I have to ask earlier, um, you said that uh, the technique you saw out in Seattle, it required multiple people working on the same job. Is that not uh, the original way you were taught or that you saw? Like, it sounds like it, you, it almost was like one person would make one piece themselves, and it kind of moved to some sort of like a factory setting or like a te- more like a teamwork setting, where more people would work on a piece to save time and energy.
3: Well, what it really was out there is it almost became a source of entertainment. It almost became you know, a piece of art in itself, a dance, a choreographed piece, when you're using a number of people making one piece. Usually when you're doing that, you're making a larger piece. You're not making a simple ornament or a marble or something like that. And then that's really where I got a lot of excitement out of it, just watching the people work together. Because as you begin and start a process of making a piece, then the Uh, It kind of starts out slowly, and it sort of builds, it crescendos, and as it crescendos and gets closer to the end, the adrenaline in everybody starts to build, and it continues to build until that piece is finished and put away in the annealing curing oven, because anything can happen at any time. And you could get real close, spend an hour on a piece, and then all of a sudden, you'll hear this big... Sound, which means the glass tweaked and the piece is history. So it's just a real fun experience. Um, you know, fun or stressful.
1: <laughs> well, it's a little no, I'm stressful if it tweaks, but it's exciting.
3: Uh, the combination of fun and stressful
1: right. is exciting. Right, <laughs> right. It's, it's
2: like it's art, like on a timeline. It almost sounds like, because it is. It's the glass. It's a very it's, limited, once it's limited amount of time. Once you got You down. got one shot.
3: Yeah. You know, and if you don't make it on that shot, then you get to start over. Right. So we're right. Right. I like that. That's pretty cool. That's uh, How long have you been doing this then? So I've been blowing glass now for about 15 years. Okay. Um, like I said, we're doing lots of glass experiences in our new location now. We've pretty much doubled the number of people that we can bring in. And the community, you know, down at the north side, they really took us on in the very beginning and they're supporting us in a very phenomenal way right now. Um, as, we, as we're doing the workshops, we have two benches now. I also have two employees. Uh, that work doing the workshops for the most part. I kind of oversee them on the weekends. And uh, these people are Abigail Yeagley and Sebastian Shepard. And both of these two young individuals have got their degrees in glass blowing from Kent State. So they're very good at working with the public and the people. And it's like when I work with somebody one-on-one, I always say it's like, okay, we're doing a slow dance, I got the lead. Now, but that works out real good with the young gals, right. but when you're looking at this guy about 6'5", he looks yeah. back at you. Right? <laughs> Cody, did but. you
2: know that was an actual degree?
0: I didn't know that. I'm kind of surprised to learn that, but I think it's really neat, and mm-hmm. I especially think it's neat that they're from Kent State, so they're local, they're very which is local. awesome. Right, right, yeah,
3: right, I
2: mean, yeah, you're taking local artists and giving them a place here locally to show their
3: art off. And right. I mean, it's really commendable to, uh, to have that experience, I, I would say. <laughs> (laughs) So the glass experiences are a pretty big part of what we do. And then after that, we also make pieces that can be sold to the public. We're open Tuesday through Saturday. Pretty much 10 to 6, Saturday we close at 5. Um, but then the public can come in and they can buy pieces. And as we get around you know, certain holidays in the spring, Mother's Day, things can p- pick up, get a little slower in the summer because it's so gosh down hot in the hot shop. And then as we get into the fall, uh, that's when we start our pumpkin workshops in September. We do nine weekends of pumpkin workshops and they sell out like rock concerts. <laughs> Uh, And then after that we'll do some ornaments and then we make lots of nice things uh, that can be purchased for gifts and things like that at the holiday time.
1: Yeah, I think I own or at least have purchased two or three pumpkins. Some as gifts. One was purchased for me. I, I have one, the pumpkins. Have you guys seen them? There, there's little ones, there's medium size, there's the larger size, and some of them have speckles and they come in different colors. Some are traditional orange and green, but they're just beautiful glass pumpkins. They have curly stems coming off of them. I think they are such a, a, a crowd pleaser to say the least. I, I'm of, not surprised that's what you sell the most Speaking
2: of. of some of the beautiful things that you can buy here, let's move over to the table and we can check some of these things out.
1: Absolutely.
0: All right, we're back over at uh, this table over here we mm-hmm. have some very beautiful pieces i so excited very to hear beautiful. about these are, are there any pieces here that you kind of want to tell us about specifically
3: well this is uh just a, a wide example of just some of the pieces that we uh, that we make here at the studio um, we've got some little birds down here we've got a heart paperweight And we also have some very nice flowers. Now, we're very lucky that Abigail Yagley, Abigail makes our flowers, and she does a real phenomenal job of it. Um, She has some experience up at uh, the Corning Museum of Glass, where she did some teaching after college up there. And her flowers are very, very lifelike, very colorful, uh, very dainty, just like every flower would be. Uh, Some of the other things that we have, uh, some of these objects are called trees of life that Sebastian makes. Um, trees of life are very popular among the public right now uh, as far as a purchase for a gift, that type of thing. A couple of things that uh, I'll just sort of get into, this blue piece right here that has the nice copper blue color to it is something new for us. Uh, inside you'll see a little bit later our big furnace, but we also recently have procured what we call is a color pot furnace, a furnace that will only hold about 40 pounds of glass, but we can put individual colors uh, in the furnace. So this is where we've got this nice copper blue, which makes us real exciting. Another item that we're starting to work on is a process called encomo, uh, encomo bowls. And this is where you sort of put two colors together. Many times you can put three and four colors together just to get a a real nice uh, accent of color one of the pieces that i is sort of one of my trademarks this piece right here is called a cullet vase this is a trademark of jack i've developed this particular look and so this is kind of my particular style So we make this uh, vase by using what we call cullet. And cullet is a lot of the colored glass that breaks off of the pipe and goes into the barrel. And then we sort through it, put it on a nice plate, heat it up to about 1,000 degrees, and then roll it up as a pickup. And then we go and make this nice vase out of it. As you can see, we have a tree full of ornaments and also a tree full of... uh, trees of life mostly with spring colors but uh sebastian is a man of many colors and he likes to make some real powerful colorful trees of life which are very popular among the younger people
2: one thing that i have to say jack that i think we should have said before we started touching stuff was cody is not allowed to touch anything oh, come on in this now. room um Everything is so beautiful, and I would say rather uh, uh, breakable that I don't think it's a good idea if clumsy
3: fingers over here gets near it. Well, we always say, you know, you can always make more. So if something <laughs> breaks, it's not a problem. We can always make more. Or just make them
1: pay for it. Right. That, too. It's or fine. make them
0: pay that for it, too. too. So I buy one anyway. Right. These are uh, trees of life here, Jack. Um,
2: I'm really interested on how, like, each one is in, in almost every piece of glass here um, – I would say it's like a snowflake. It's all. In, I mean, it's you'll never get They're two all different, pieces that right. are exactly the same. How do you get these formations inside the balls?
3: Well, it's a very interesting process, but it's very similar to blowing an ornament. Okay. Except that when you're making the piece, the um, the tree of life or the orb is on the end of a pipe, and you'll get a pair of tweezers and stick it on the back end on the bottom end, as we're looking at it here, and you push those set of tweezers in towards the top of the glass. This is when it's very hot, probably 1,400, 1,500 degrees. Okay, And as you pull those tweezers in, you open them up. And as you open them, that's what allow the, the colored glass to turn into something that looks very similar, like a trunk. So that's where we get the, the colors and the process of making uh, the trunk on the is Tree of Life. Is glass blowing a lot of experimentation? Glass blowing is um you know you sort of learn how to make a piece okay. many times people will come in and say oh can you make this piece for me and i will for, my first statement back to them or question is how many do you want because <laughs> when you make something new you can if you're lucky you can make it three four times you can make it up to six seven eight times before you hit the mark okay. once you hit the mark you make a million of them but there is a learning process with everything new that you make um, and it takes a few to get where you want to be.
2: But my, but I, I guess what I, what my main question is, if, you know, it's of course, you know, like you said, there's a school of glass blowing at Kent State. So obviously, there's um, tips and tricks and stuff that they teach
3: you. The fundamentals. But right.
2: when you get into a shop, when you get into a place where you get to uh, expand your craft and try different uh, techniques, is that where I feel like. Um, a glassblower's true um, style Style comes through. I guess that's my r- real question. And, like, yeah, and like he
1: was saying, this beautiful vase right here you're saying is a style you developed, a, a sort of trademark style of yours, that if um, somebody in Akron wants to come here, it's really cool what you're saying, Ryan, yeah. because they have done that here. They've developed their styles. Like are there
2: trees of life elsewhere? Yes, a tree of
3: life, life is a, a normal... Uh, product in in any glass studio okay. environment. You know, trees of life, ornaments, flowers, um, pumpkins. Pumpkins are popular just anywhere in the country in People the fall. Love pumpkins. pumpkins are very popular. Pumpkin spice. Um, I always say though that you know it. it and, and this is what college did for the you know, two younger people that work for me, it's also what it did for me when I took you know, the schooling over at Steiner Class School, was that you build a foundation. I've seen a lot of younger kids that'll go in, they don't want to spend any time on any foundation, and you find that a year, year and a half later, they're nowhere around. But if you build on that foundation, and you go through the experimental process, then you can learn, make some real interesting things. In a minute, we'll get over, to these pieces over here that Sebastian is working on. Now, Sebastian is a true fine artist, and, it's a, and and I have to pull him back from time to time to do sort of the simple basic stuff. <laughs> but he likes to be very creative, and he is an artist, and he's been making some very unique pieces, and, and they've been developing and ex, in his experimental process. He's been working on it for about two, three months now, and they're coming around pretty good. Well, let's go over and uh, check out those pieces then real quick. Very good.
1: Well, we are now looking at some of Sebastian's pieces that you were referring to a moment ago. And can I just say, I'm an immediate fan. Um, I was lucky enough to study fine art as an art history student at Myers School of Art here in Akron at the university. And so I love unique, modern, yeah, this has a very organic shapes and so forth. It's unique. It's not traditional. And I see a lot of creativity in this form. And I appreciate that very much. I'm all about it. I think this is um, one of my favorite pieces or styles um, that I've seen here. I would absolutely purchase this. It's very much, it's very me. So I'm a big fan. Tell Sebastian, um, he has a new fan anyway. Uh, Do you know much about what, inspired well, what Sebastian
3: does this? is he will put together just a loose loose framed uh, wire network and then he'll get glass and he'll sort of set that in a little container and as he's getting the glass out he'll let the glass sort of uh, slump or droop down inside this little wire network and then he'll blow into it and as he blows into it you can see the segments and the bulbous areas that just sort of take on an ergonomic uh, process that each piece is very unique. He's done it differently, so he's got wire on the outside, he's worked on some where he has wire on the inside, and he's, again, just working out the process till the pieces get to where he is comfortable and happy with his look this is a a just below here just switching uh, gears a little bit Uh, we saw the individual flowers over on the table the other day at at the other moment and you can see that once you just sort of put about a dozen of them together what a very nice uh, sight it can be Um, with all the different colors and it just can just sit on a nice table and be a centerpiece uh, for any environment
1: a bouquet now that's unique next valentine's day forget about the roses if you give her a bouquet of glass flowers, she'll keep them forever. Forever. So this is wonderful. You've got different artists with different styles, and people can come in and um, make a flower. One of the workshops allows them to do something similar to this.
3: Right. In the workshop of the flowers, um, they we end up doing flowers right around, we finish at Mother's Day, uh, and everybody gets to come in and make two flowers in the workshops. I think we have a few openings left, not too many. Um... But uh, they're they're a very popular item. And of course, a lot of people will bring their mom in for the weekend of Mother's Day to finish up. And then that's really our last workshop of the season because in the summer, it just gets too hot. And so if you're working with glass every day, you can build up a tolerance to the heat, but you just can't walk in from the outside, walk into 115 degrees and be comfortable. So in the summer months, we sort of shut down the workshops And then we get ready to do them in the fall
1: and you can get online right now and sign up for these workshops because they're upon us it's we're approaching April and so it's time you can go to the Akron Glassworks website and sign up right now and trust me they fill up so do it as soon as you can I've experienced that I've referred people to it and done booked so they're in demand
3: so currently we have a number of workshops left in the marbles and uh, the um, we're doing cup workshops right now they're all sold out and then we have a, like i said a few openings left for the flowers
1: and can people actually um will you be i know when i did the glass blowing workshop you helped me specifically you know you were the instructor and you were hands-on and so i got to work with the great jack baker who i've often referred to as akron's Dal chihuly um, so do you still do the workshops or do you leave that to the, the new crew?
3: For the most part, um, I leave that to Abigail and Sebastian on the weekends. We do have advanced workshops during the week. That's people that have taken two or three of the normal workshops. Then they can come in and make a bigger project. And we have a limited amount of advanced workshops that we do. And on those, I assist Sebastian so that he can work with the people directly. And I'm right there next to him. But um, some of the workshops uh, it, we have on Thursday evenings, we have opportunities where people can come in and have a private party. Uh, they bring five to ten of their own friends. They bring food, have a good time. And uh, I will end up splitting the workshops with Sebastian at that, those particular times.
1: I love that. People can rent this space. Well, let's turn it back over to Cody and Ryan. Um, there is a lot more to see here. This is a fabulous new space. And maybe. Uh, You can talk to them a little bit how this is a converted space. Um, It used to be a church. Well, it still is a church structure, but how you came to occupy this and, and how all those renovations came to be.
2: I just want one thing that we want to talk about is the location here of Akron Glass Works. Jack, do you want to tell us a little bit about the structure itself? Like Liz says, it was an old church that you guys repurposed. Um, Go ahead and tell us what led you guys to, uh, you know,
0: pursue this place.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's back up a little bit. Um, As Liz and everybody was saying, in the beginning, we were at the Northside District, across from Luigi's Pizza, Jilly's Music Room, uh, Claudia and Michael over at Zebra Martell. And we were a very big part of the Akron Art Walk. Uh, in fact, Sandy Halata started the Akron Art Walk uh, many, many years ago, and then it built up bigger to where the Downtown Akron Partnership oversees I, I the art say walk. It, one, of my,
2: one of the first times uh, we did Spoils of Akron podcast, uh, Ben, the original co-host, and I, we took the Akron Art Walk, and we stopped at Akron Glassworks, and we saw you guys, and we saw, watched a demonstration be done right there at the, old, at the building up
3: there in Northside. Mm -hmm. And I was actually at that location for 23 years. Now, the first 10, 12 years, um, it was specifically Architectural Greenery, which is another company of mine. We're an interior plant service company. We've been doing that for about 30 years, where we put plants in offices and restaurants and that type of thing. And we got to the point about a year and a half ago where we just realized that our old space, it was like, this is too small. We were in a location of about 2,000 square feet, and I started looking for something bigger. As I was looking for something bigger, I ran into an old friend of mine by the name of Larry Janko, and Larry was telling me, we got into a couple conversations, and he called me back about a week later, and he said, hey, you know, when we were talking, I forgot to tell you that I just purchased this street over on Spicer, this church over on Spicer Street. Well, I knew exactly what church he was talking about, because I've been, an Akron person all my life and very familiar with the Spicer Street area. So at that point we came over and looked at this location. Uh, this is an old Presbyterian church. It was completed in 1931. Um, and this was the old social hall of the church. When I first came in here, uh, the shuffleboard patterns were still on the floor. <laughs> and there might have been maybe four outlets in the whole space. Oh, wow. Okay. So at that point, we start taking a look, talk to the owner, what kind of work had to be done, um, and at that point he started talking to me about it we came in and we saw this wonderful the way the walls were with the plaster the plaster yeah. falling off and the tile walls exposed and he said jack what do you think we ought to do with these walls and i said absolutely nothing Damn. and he said i was hoping you'd say that <laughs> so um, at that point we went further um, uh... larry put in a phenomenal new entrance for us uh... just knocked a big hole in the wall <laughs> and did a whole lot of uh... uh improvements to the space. We now have a new HVAC system in here that keeps us warm. Not that our furnace doesn't keep us warm, but it keeps <laughs> right. the common area warm as well. Outlets, I'm guessing. And now, and we also brought in a 400 amp service yeah. of power, which is kind of equivalent to two big houses. Yeah. And it's right now it's very needed to, to very run, needed the, 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 um, to run all of and our stuff. equipment. Yeah. And, As hard as it is to believe, we're pretty much pushed um, with our electric. We don't have a whole lot more available electric to use without bringing more electricity in. Now, one thing really, really that I found phenomenally interesting about this church is that it has been quiet for about two years. But if you go upstairs to the sanctuary, it looks like they had a service on Sunday, except it's very dusty. One of the most wonderful things I see in the church is the organ upstairs has a plaque on it. And in that plaque it said who donated the, um, the organ. The organ was donated by Brous McDowell, not the law firm, but the man himself. So that kind of takes you back in the history into Akron, and I'm really into the history of Akron. I'm an urban camper. I've been an urban camper in Explain downtown you, Akron. To those all my who life. don't know
2: who uh, Ross McDowell, McDowell is, well, Ross
3: McDowell is, is uh, very foremost uh, 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 attorneys in town. They're located, I think, down in the Polsky building down on Main Street. Uh, no, they're not. They're in the AES building. What am I Chris, saying? Chris, Chris,
2: what, what do you think? Is it?
3: Oh, <laughs> no, they're in the AS building and I just say- like, to the wizard for any facts. <laughs> well, and I should know that because they're one of my plant customers. Hello. Oh, my. <laughs> um, but uh, they have a lot of attorneys down there. It's a big local firm in Akron and they were started by Browse McDowell. And Spicer Town used to be a very prominent area of Akron. Um, and so there were some, uh, lots of people that you know, had gone to church here. So at that point, we came in, renovated the space. Um, One of the most wonderful things is that uh, it referenced to Sandy and the fusing workshops that she does in our old space. We had this nice little viewing room that was about 10 by 10, where the public could come in and watch us do demonstrations (laughs) for the art walk. Now, when Sandy first did her fusing workshops, every time she had a workshop, she had to set up tables in the room, have her workshop and take them down before the next day. And now we have the stage area here to our right, and it's a permanent place where Sandy can get up to about 10 people to take her fusing workshops uh, up on the stage, and she can leave things out on the table, and she's very happy she doesn't have to put it all away. <laughs> very <So>. nice, very <laughs> nice. <The> other reason <laughs> why we wanted to um, switch
2: over and, over and look at this side is Cody wanted to look at the
0: pumpkins. pumpkins. I love pumpkins. Look <laughs> at them. They're so cool. Okay, I'm holding he, okay. The pumpkin. He just <laughs>
2: handed everyone at home, listening and not watching, he just handed Cody a pumpkin, and he handed me an even bigger pumpkin that is heavy, and I don't want to drop, so I'm going to hold this
0: very tightly. So these. He gave okay. me a bigger pumpkin. Now, I have a question. He likes me better. Stop. Sure. So this pumpkin is not an orange pumpkin like you would normally see, right? True, yeah. So my question is how – do you get the different colored glass like how does that work what what do you what goes into making different
3: colors of glass and how do you do that well as you can see there's probably two or three different colors a green a tobacco and even a lighter green that's involved in this particular pumpkin Mm -hmm. all of the glass that comes out of a glass artisan's furnace is always clear and so you put color on things after the fact. And you could do it in one of two ways. And this way, the glass was applied by putting little chars of glass of different colors and different sizes on our Marver table, and you'll sort of roll your hot glass into the colored glass. Sort of, I always tell people it's like sprinkles on cupcakes, except <laughs> it's real hot. But you roll into that, and then you get the nice little mottled effect of the color of the glass, and then that's what puts the color into it. And then as you blow into the piece and, and, and procure, Move on in making it. Then at that point, you'll kind of encase it with clear, and then you can make the piece bigger. Uh, this is a normal size of what people will make at the pumpkin workshop, yeah. and then this we like to get some that are a little bit bigger and you know have some fun. Yeah. I think probably the biggest pumpkin I've ever made is maybe about 15 inches in diameter, and it's a pretty good that's, size. That's a big pumpkin. <laughs> how like, uh, what? How
2: many, how many di- inches in diameter is this
3: one? I would say that one's probably about seven inches. So about twice the twice size. Twice as of big. This one. Right. Right. Wow. Mm-hmm. No. Did anybody
2: shaggle? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're <laughs> not doing that. We're You're not take those back. He's yeah.
0: like, take, yeah. the back like take the pumpkins back now. <laughs> He's like, take I'm take done Chris with Liz. Oh,
2: Chris, will pay for them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, well let's,
3: let's move on to um, some, some demonstration. demonstration. You, you said, said you wanted, wanted to make some, make some marble uh, for us today. Right. I'm going to make a marble so you can kind of see how that's done. Yeah. Quick process. And I think everything's <laughs> pretty much ready to go. All right, let's do it. Welcome to the hot shop so now i'm going to make a large marble which could be called a a boulder it's pretty big it's going to be about an inch and a half in diameter and i'm going to start by getting a solid punty pipe and we're not doing any blowing it's just going to be on a solid pipe a solid mass of glass i'll start out by gathering glass out of the furnace and then we have a little pickup oven right here and on the pickup oven which is too hot Um, I'm going to pick up a piece of marble stock that was previously made. I'll put that on the end of the pipe, I'll heat it up, I'll round it a little bit, and then I'll take a second gather of clear over top of that, and then I'll come over to the bench. I'm going to be using a cherry block to start getting the marble round, and then I'm going to finish by using the marble ring, which will make it real round. Then once it's done and it's cooled off, I'll take it over to the knockoff bench and we'll sort of smooth over the bottom where it was connected to the pipe and we'll put it away. So I'm gonna get started.
2: All right, so Jack, the master glass baker, glassblower oh, baker. Well, his last name is Baker, but I don't know, do you bake Jack? Oh yeah, yeah. 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 So he's
1: he a bakes master glassblower glass by the name of Baker. That's right. He
0: worked at Wonder Bread for he three worked? years, he says. Hey, oh really? So- yes. So, while What was, your, was your
1: name Baker before that, as well? Oh my God! Wow! <laughs> I know that's hot.
0: So <laughs> that was like so I have a hoodie on right yes. now, and I'm feeling like sweating, it people. I'm so we excited feel right that. Now. Wow! You 27. Can probably, 2078 degrees. Wow!
1: People can probably feel that at home, actually. <laughs> yes,
0: probably. Okay, now he's it rolling. is strong. He's rolling right, the so glass. Make sure Chris
2: can get in there and get
0: the video. Yeah, yeah. he's watching it. All right. I can't remember what he said this was. He said this was a mini mini oven. oven. Mini oven? Oh, a stock. So he's heating that up until it starts to melt. Okay.
2: Okay. So So by by heating heating this this up up, uh, uh, until until it starts starts to melt, melt. is Is that making it add the the, uh, uh, color color into into it? it?
3: One more time. So what I'm doing is I'm heating it up so that it will melt so I can start to form it into the shape that I want. The reheating furnace is also the same temperature as the furnace itself, which is about 2,100 degrees.
2: 2,100 degrees, he said. Wow, that's hot. I have to move. Wow. (laughs)
1: Like, Cody's over here taking off his clothes. It's very warm in here. Yes. (laughs) No, I'm not. (laughs) <laughs> oh, oh, yeah.
0: Liz's how how quickly you just put them did, back Yeah on. I just put them back on really fast <laughs>
1: you, you seem to be very, profi- very proficient At getting dressed and undressed very quickly so, yeah. Well Cody. you know I, about
0: I learned some things
1: in this
2: room. <laughs> Is this all handmade or is this stuff that's been bought Like I, I'm looking at it And a lot of it looks like it's custom made Equipment
3: A lot of the equipment is custom made I will say that this is an electric glass Digital furnace also call it many times my midlife crisis.
1: You like the wheels on this
0: thing? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it, it's wheels like it's a car. That oh, <laughs> I get it
1: now. Now, Jack, I think it's interesting that you're making a marble because Cody, Ryan, Chris, did you guys know that the marble was actually it first... Invented in
0: Akron. It,
1: exactly. Didn't
0: we interview someone who was Mr. Min- we learned Mr. some marbles things along the,
1: the way, Liz. I know. So it's, yeah. this is perfect that he's making a marble today. It's a very Akron thing.
0: So Akron.
1: Wow.
3: So we're starting to melt and get a little bit of a Q-tip shape on the end of the glass. You can see the spiral from the colors that were in the marble stock. I'm going to heat it up one or two more times, and then we'll be rather ready to take the second gap. Okay.
1: Ryan, you should touch that. Just
0: don't, don't do that, just, Ryan. Don't tell him that he'll just actually see. Do
1: it.
3: I mean,
0: no. It <laughs> doesn't. It
1: doesn't look hot when he's no. holding it.
0: It, that's true. It doesn't look very hot. It Maybe doesn't. I'll go, go touch it. Yeah. Cody, yeah. you're cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I mean, so it's
1: like, Jack, the,
2: it's the, like the kid with the tongue in this right. room in a Christmas story. Was yes. it stuff that you made or stuff that you had friends or um, local people make?
0: Both. Both, you said both. Yes. And for those watch, or listening at home, he is rolling glass on a steel platform of some sort. I can't remember a table, I guess you would call it.
1: <laughs> Cody was just saying he's going to stick now his tongue nice to it. That's not what I said. Oh, this
3: glass, cool off turn back into a solid so that I can go back into the furnace at 2100 degrees and get another layer of clear glass on top of this. Okay.
0: Wow.
2: Sometimes when he brings that close to me and he's talking I can't hear what Jack is saying. because <laughs> all I'm thinking is stay, don't don't, go, don't get near that glass, Ryan. Don't get near that glass. So I'm gonna need you two to really listen. That's a, that's a Ryan when Jack thing to think. Talks yeah. I don't want to be. I'm really so, close to that stuff.
0: I have a question. How how big is this gonna be? Whenever you're done with it, like is it like a normal size
3: marble? No, this will be a, about an inch and a half diameter. That,
0: that's a big marble. It's a big
1: marble. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the size of your microphone yeah.
3: there. It's bigger, I think.
0: It's in the oven, people.
2: I'm in front of this heater wow, over
0: that's, here. that's really hot. Wow. Oh, yeah. It looks, it looks so much Jeez. bigger now. Now I can
1: see. It. It's doubled in size.
0: This is real cool.
1: It's glowing. I mean, it looks like it's electrified. That's what
0: happens when things get hot, right? I can't see it now. Okay, hang on.
2: So this is where um, a tech, you know, technique and form really comes into play, isn't it, Jack? Yeah, yeah experience that's says. A,
0: that's a big marble people.
2: Now is this something that you guys can teach in your classes or is this something to, for advanced classes? Okay. Everyone
3: in the class needs to make two marbles. One is clear and one that will have the color stock in it just as we're making right now. Okay.
0: All right. And uh, for those who are listening, Jack is um, rolling and he's attempting to shape the marble right now. So it's getting it, more it, marbly as we go.
2: It's uh, it's coming from that Q-tip shape that Jack was talking about earlier, and it's now into a more sphere, uh, spherical shape.
1: Ooh, and I smell it smells yeah, like a burning fire now. That, the burning I like
3: smell it. Is from the block wood. I oh. like it. It, it oh, smells so like a really a nice. It smells like a
0: bonfire. It's yeah. awesome.
1: It's a great smell it is a great smell campfire Mm. yes
0: that's what it is so he's sitting one of
1: my favorite smells
0: (laughs) and he's doing some more shaping here and uh he said it was with the cherry block wood right um wow this is really neat
1: is there a name for this rod that you're using a special name or is it just a regular rod
3: Starting to take the shape of a marble now. I'm using the marble ring to make it nice and round. Okay.
1: This is not a podcast that we could have gotten this out oh, of if no. we did it in the shop. This was meant to happen on site. That was scary. This is incredible. <laughs> we are watching a fine art Hat-like. artist it, do his craft before our eyes. Yes. This it's is beautiful.
0: Neat. Very cool. Yeah, that was. I just almost. A uh, flaming marble almost came at me, so that was kind of scary. The
1: flaming something. So, Jack, it how smells
2: many like times what? do you have to... <laughs> is it
0: maybe just... The flaming marble. flaming something.
1: You
2: know, as you get better with technique and form, how many times you have to pull <laughs> it in voice. and out of the oven?
3: Uh, you've only got maybe 20 to 30 seconds to work on the glass until it cools off so much that you really... Uh, you cannot manipulate it anymore, so you've got to heat it up more.
2: So, so it does come down to just technique and form, and how fast you can get.
3: Uh, sort of, yeah. Because the better the glassblower, the hotter they can work. You can, only, you can only work as hot as you can control. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're doing pretty good with this shape.
2: So then, I guess my question is, how hot can you work with, or how hot have you worked with before?
1: How hot can you go? How hot? Can you go? Can I just show that's that's hot. This is smoking still. I mean, this is. Whoo! I could co. I could seriously brand Cody right now. We
0: shouldn't do that with though. A oils, survival. I mean, Akron exclusive.
1: What would that smell like?
0: Not great.
1: I hear human flesh smells really bad. You're when it
0: cooks. the worst. <laughs> so what
3: are these? Um,
2: tong. Uh, looking uh, a piece of equipment that you're using right now. What's it called? Believe it or not,
3: the name of this tool, the American name, is called a set of jacks. Set
2: of jackals? Set of jacks.
1: Hey, set of like a set Jack a Baker. jacks. Set How apropos. And you have a giant, I mean, way big set of jacks hanging from your ceiling in the room next to right us. There. And you mentioned that a certain someone either made those or provided those is it did you say john cammino
3: yeah the jacks outside uh were made years ago when i opened my glass studio by my good friend john communel and john is a sculptor Uh, he's been in the paper recently for just making the arches for the ohio Erie canal in different places i think the last one he finished up was out at summit lake
1: i'm so sorry if it's hard for you to talk and do that at the same time i'll try to Let you focus there.
0: Let him work on his craft. Jeez. (laughs) He's a master.
2: So you're about done with this piece? Wow! It's so
0: cool looking. I'm glad that didn't touch me though, because I I assume it's pretty hot still. (laughs) All right, now he is walking. So now we move
2: over to, you called this.
0: Oh, he's coming back. Wow. It's beautiful. Gosh, it's so cool looking.
1: it's got the most beautiful spiral of color in it. Yeah. So
2: now we move over to what you called this table, the break-off table. What's happening? Yeah. Break-off table. See, I got that right. I remembered.
1: All right. Chris is going to capture you uh, breaking it off the honeycomb. You too. Scooch Honey over. pipe. Over Honey pipe. Ah. Oh.
0: Blow torches out, people. Hey,
1: now.
2: Wow. Oh, my God. So I know there's probably a lot of... You just know like uh you're just hearing noise in the background podcast listeners um that's not because we're we're being bad hosts that's because we're just in awe just watching jack as he works right that's now he's cool. using it looks like a uh um and he's uh basically taking off the little nubby that was left over from the uh, uh having the marble on the end of the pole uh again i'm just trying to use the best terminology as possible and he's uh, wow. on the breakaway table, and it looks like he's got the marble, uh, in it looks like a cup with some, uh, I'm guessing that's gotta be, not wool, but what, but what, what, what kind of fabric does that have to be, Jack?
3: Uh, the fabric is called Frax. It's a very high glass fiberglass material that will wow. withstand hot temperature. So,
2: so it's, basically he's got the marble, um, uh, and he keeps heating it up with the blowtorch, and he's taking off the nubby with heat and rubbing it down with some more of that. Is that the wood? that? Um,
3: it's just a wood dowel that will sploot off the top
2: of a circular van. Make, make it perfectly sphere.
1: That makes our little creme brulee torch at the shop look like kids play.
0: Creme brulee. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that thing is real deal right there.
0: Wow. Wow. <laughs> I want
1: to clap. Yay. That's phenomenal. So now, Jack,
2: you're putting it into, um, I forget what we call this piece of equipment.
3: So now I just put the marble into an annealing oven. The annealing oven temperature is about 950 degrees, and I'll shut it off shortly. And it will digitally drop its temperature from 950 to 150 degrees in about 12 hours. And we can take all the glass out, and it's done. So, so
2: one marble, I mean, it just took you... I mean, ten minutes to make, if that. And then in the oven, you can get how many? You get one of these done in like how fast? You said twelve hours. So, the longest time is just in the annealing oven, correct? Okay. Very cool. Of course,
1: Jack's a pro. I don't know that anyone could just do that. What he just no. did in Are ten minutes. Are you serious?
0: I could do that. I mean, let's be real. I Cody. No, I, I feel <laughs> like. I really don't.
1: <laughs> I feel like if Cody's bad, we should like play Hansel and Gretel and like dump him in the hot oven. Oh my oven. gosh.
2: Well, guys, I would love to continue this interview, but yes. let's get out of this really hot I'm room. I'm so let's hot. Move <laughs> out of here. Let's move out of here. <laughs> so, we have moved out of the hot room into yes. the more cool room right outside. Much and, more uh, comfortable. Basically, we just want to say a couple things before we. Um, are uh, finished here. We want to say thank you, Jack, for having us out. This was an amazing experience. Um, really like I said, I've seen it before, but I've the demonstration is much different than being in the actual room watching it be done. So again, thank you so
3: much for having us out. It it was an experience. Well, thank you so much for coming out, coming to see our new home. Uh, We really like it here. The community has found us over here, likes us real well. I would like to do one little shout out here uh, to Don Drum. Don Drum Studios is a half block away, and uh, Don comes over here every couple weeks, and it's really nice just to have him in here, talk about different, he tells me stories about different glass people uh, that have been around over the years. Two Akron artists just shooting the breeze. Just shooting the breeze. I love that. And if he talks, I got time to listen. Let me tell you. That's awesome. That is
1: great. Well, I think it's a great pairing having you both in the same neighborhood. What a beautiful thing both very talented. We're all so lucky that you uh, have continued to to do your craft here in our great city. As opposed to going elsewhere, you are absolute treasures.
3: Akron is my home. Thanks.
2: Well, Jack, I want to say um, thank you again. And uh, one last thing is, uh, uh, where can people find you guys? Do You guys have Facebook, our website, um, just so people, the address, just so people know where to come check us out, or check you guys
3: out, and and your online presence as well. Well, we are located at 421 Spicer Street. We're just a half a block east of Don Drub Studios. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter, or you can go to our website, akronglassworks.com.
2: And uh, workshops uh, the, um, have
3: opened for registration and are we closing. We still have just a few remaining workshops yet this season. You can go online to our website and see what's available. And then you can call in here uh, Tuesday through Saturday and schedule uh, your workshop as openings permit.
1: Great. Well, Jack, Cody, Ryan, no, not to interrupt. I just want to shake your hand one time and thank you personally. You've been nothing but supportive to me as a friend since I've known you, since my days at made in Akron, when you made an exception and allowed me to sell your beautiful glass there um, because you believed in the concept of that store. And and that was my first encounter with you. And I thought, what a a great guy um, on so many levels and then in, in the... Coffee shop at the cafe. You you brought us materials to use that we the platters and things. You've just been a, an incredible um, support to us in different ways, different kindnesses. But I know that you've been that way uh, for many Akronites and and for this city in general. And that that's just the kind of person you are. And so I just think you're absolute quality. Thank you. And then you're an amazing artist on top of it. So, yeah.
0: bravo. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much for being on today. Uh, this is truly a very incredible yes. experience be able to see all this come to life and figure out what actually, actually is Akron Glasswork. So thank you. Thank you. Um, and thank you to our listeners for listening to the Spools of Akron Or podcast. for watching this episode. Yeah, for watching it. And as always, we work in partnership with the Akron Public Library, the Akronist, Musica, Urban Eats, and all those good Akron things. And as always, keep, keep it, it an Akron, Akron day. day.